We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's June 13th, it is 2023. We have a big one, big slate today to talk about 14 MLB games today. Joined by my buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes, 819. Keith, NBA playoffs looking like they're um, rolling here and Miami choking. Um, what's happening, my friend? Yeah, not too much. Uh, yeah, good basketball game so far. Denver has kind of taken control, but Miami's still in it. Five-point game with under six minutes to go here, so we'll see how that – see if Denver can close it out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly the better team. I, I think even if it gets back to Miami, we're just kind of dragging on the inevitable. So hopefully Denver closes us out and, and we can just wipe our hands of the NBA season and get into uh, full-on MLB mode. I mean, I've been in full-on MLB mode, I feel yeah, like, me too. For, yeah. <laughs> for, for weeks. But um, I do think that if Miami is able to win this game, it's really it, – it, it gets interesting because, I mean, 
you don't want to go back to Miami if you're Denver. You want to close it out here because you don't want this to get to seven um, in Denver. <laughs> I mean, you really don't want that to happen, but we'll see what happens. Um, game's going on about five minutes left in that game. What's up, YouTube? Hope everyone's having a fantastic Monday night um, over there in the YouTube chat. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. We're trying to get to 1,000 by the end of the baseball season or end of the year. I said end of the year. Love to see it before the end of the baseball season. We're going to be doing live shows for football as well, so I'm excited for that. But, yeah, let's jump right in. We have a lot to talk about. We're, we're not <laughs> dilly-dallying around. We're going right into it. Two minutes up already. Um, I feel like we've, we lost two minutes on a massive slate, so <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> Uh, Monday night slate really quick. Terrible for me. Um, had one decent team going with, with a Philly Arizona stack and it had Lazardo. So that my night Monday night is over. I'm ready to move on to Tuesday slate and we got a juicy one here. A lot of baseball. We start with Toronto at Baltimore eight and a half total in this game. Blue Jays, a one forty-four favorite. We got Bassett and Kramer facing off against each other. Any interest here in Chris Bassett going up against Baltimore? He's been better here recently. Um, slow start to the season for him. He wasn't striking anybody out, but he's kind of turned that around a little bit. A um, couple of nice outings in a row for him. He's still 9,000. Baltimore, not the easiest matchup. On the big slate, I think you just find a couple hundred to get to the elite tier. Um, he's playable, but I, I just think the upside is a little bit capped here with a tough matchup uh, against Baltimore. Um, maybe I get to a little bit of him if he's super low owned, but probably not one of the first 9K guys I'm targeting. Bass is a guy that I really like against right-handed heavy teams. He is a guy that has some big splits. Um, his pitch mix is way better against righties, and Henderson, Rutschman, Santander, O'Hearn, Hicks, Frazier, if I'm counting right, six lefties. I think that's too many for his price. Um, not saying that they're all like the best hitters in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like if I really want him to have like his ceiling game and potential, I think it needs to come with six righties instead of six lefties. So um, don't think I want to pay 9K for him in this spot. He has been pitching fantastic. So um, if they do roll out this lineup um, – and, and you're like, oh, man, maybe this lineup is better than we initially expected for him. Then maybe you take some shots on him. Kramer on the other side, I don't want to play Dean Kramer on a 14-game slate. We need upside. We need ceiling. It's a 14-game slate. There's no messing around on a on a game like this. Yeah, you know, just not enough upside. Really tough matchup against Toronto, who is a high-contact team. Uh, no reason to target Kramer here. Um, thoughts here on the Toronto Bats? They're expensive, first of all. The guys we want to play, at least, um, Bichette, Guerrero, and Springer, all 5K and above. Chapman's been incredible. He's 4,500. I don't mind him as a one-off. Kramer's a guy who will give up power to both sides of the plate. The overall stack, I think, is a little bit pricey. Um, Varsho at 3,500. Kirk is down to 2,700, but he hasn't had the year anybody expected. Um, just it's a little bit too expensive of a stack. I, I don't mind Chapman as a one-off. If you want to play Vlad or Bichette, you can always do that, of course. Um, but don't love the full stack. I don't hate a full stack just because, like, Kramer's home run issues. Um, so, I mean, you could potentially get 
two home runs off of the starting pitcher, get him out in the fourth or fifth inning, and then get the bullpen pretty early. Um, I'm targeting power. Like, I want home run upside here. Obviously, like Bichette, Vlad, Springer, Chapman, all top-end guys. Uh, Varsho at 3500 on DraftKings. I like his price point here. It'd be interesting to see, like, if Kiermaier and Belt are back in the lineup, because if they both sit, it could potentially open up some value for Toronto. Really cheap value here, like a, a Biggio at 2200 I wouldn't mind playing him um, and save some money at, at second base or an outfield spot here. So, um, yeah, I think this is an interesting spot for Toronto, depending on who's in the lineup. But Kramer gives up a lot of home runs. He, he's a big home run guy, uh, so you definitely want to target some power here. Baltimore side of this one, any interest here in these bets? Um, I've talked about Gunnar Henderson and how good of a prospect he was multiple times on these podcasts. He was having a really rough season until recently. Dude has just exploded um, over the last week or so. Price has not quite caught up. He's still 3,600. So you mentioned lefties against Bassett. Henderson at 3,600 is jumping off the page for me. Rutschman is great as well at 5,400. Don't necessarily love a full stack against Bassett. think he's a very capable, um, slightly better than league average starting pitcher. Um, but I, a mini three-man of three lefties, uh, take your pick. I think I definitely want Henderson in there. Rutschman would probably be the next guy I look at. Um, Hicks is really cheap. He's been good since coming over uh, to Baltimore. Ryan O'Hearn is another cheap source of power if he cracks the lineup. And he, and he likely does. Mountcastle's been banged up. But probably not a five-man for me, but you can talk me into three lefties here for sure. I love the Henderson call. He's one of the hottest hitters in baseball um, right now. And when we're looking at Bassett, nine home runs against lefties, three against righties. Again, 378 Woba against lefties, 205 Woba against righties. Like, I could go down all the numbers, but again, he's going to be a lot worse against lefties than he is against righties. So, um, love the Henderson call. Hot, one of the hottest hitters in baseball. You know what it reminds me of, really? Like Adley Rutschman last year, um, very talented prospect, yeah. a guy that we were very high on coming in the year, started so slow um, and then just got it going and never stopped. So we're kind of hoping we see the same here for Henderson. So um, I'm probably more on a three-man lefty stack here for Baltimore. But, I mean, both of these teams are interesting depending on ownership. Colorado at Boston, 10 total in this game. Red Sox, the 215 favorite. We have our buddy Chase Anderson facing off against the Red Sox. Um, Cutter Crawford, any interest here in Chase Anderson? He just continues to keep having success. Um, I'm not playing him on a 14-game slate, but kudos to him for resurrecting his career a little bit. The numbers are, are the peripherals are even starting to close a little bit. The ERA is still amazing at 225. XFIP and, and Sierra both sitting more like mid fours. So he's still pretty fraudulent. Um, but I am starting to buy into at least he can get the ball on the ground a little more than he used to be able to. Um, and and limit home runs a little bit better. Not saying he's good, not saying I want to play him in DFS at all, especially against a low strikeout Boston team. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he can continue to have the success. I still kind of doubt it, though. Yeah, I mean, his hard hit rate is way down right now. Um, and like you said, his advanced numbers actually don't look that bad. And I think he's just kind of accepted the fact that, like, I'm just going to have this wide range of pitches. Chase Anderson throws seven pitches, probably more like six. He doesn't use the slider very often. 
he legitly throws six pitches. He throws a fastball, a cutter, a changeup, a sinker, a sweeper, a curveball, and he's thrown a slider a couple times. And I think he's just kind of like owning it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to own it. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to throw a bunch of junk. I'm going to try to keep hitters off balance and I'm going to limit power. And honestly, that's what he's done. Um, kudos to him. I agree with you. Uh, it's not like he even throws hard. He is throwing harder than he was last year, but um, I mean, it's still nothing like super impressive. So um, good for him. You know what? Good for him. You know, he's averaging the highest fastball velocity um, over the last four years this year. So, hey, you know, I keep stacking against him and it doesn't work. So <laughs> probably stack against him again on this slate. But um, all right. I'm not playing Chase Anderson for what it's worth. I, I just want to throw that out there. I just, again, like it was more of like the hesitant what he's doing is keeping hitters off balance. Maybe we'd be cautious of a Red Sox stack. And it's not even anything to do with like Connor Siebold coming out and throwing a good game against the Red Sox on Monday night. Like I watched a lot of that game and Devers bases loaded, no outs. Devers swings at a changeup and grounds it to the pitcher for an easy double play. First pitch, first pitch changeup. And Devers is like, I'm aggressive. I'm going for it. Ground ball to the pitcher. Double play, Adam Duvall fly out, heading over, bases loaded, no outs. All right. Um, Cutter Crawford, not typically a guy I want to play. He doesn't pitch very deep into games. His pitch count is still somewhat limited. Even if we expect him to get another like 16 to 20 pitch increase here, I still don't know if that's enough for me to have interest in Cutter Crawford. Yeah, I mean, the price is right. If I knew we were getting 80 pitches here, I might have some interest. Um, but like you said, he's still working on getting stretched out. has been pitching out of the bullpen most of this season. He was at 58 in his last outing. I still think 80 is a bit too much to ask. Um, less than 80 pitches on a 14-game slate, probably not enough upside. Certainly not scared of Colorado, but I just I don't think there's enough there today. Yeah, 80 pitches, I think I'd have interest too. Um, the Rockies, a team that I have no issues picking on right now, but I just don't know if he's pitching deep in, deep enough into this game. Uh, let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Rockies' bats? I don't. There's just this lineup is so bad with Blackman on the IL joining Crone and Bryant. There's just, there's not enough left here. Um, McMahon is a one off, I suppose. Um, Grichik is 4,300. It's like great hitters park in Fenway, obviously, but this lineup is pretty bad. Not a lot of talent left. Dude, I'm going to keep pounding in the Nolan Jones drum. Um, I know if anybody's been listening over the last few weeks, I've been pounding this drum. This dude has massive power, um, massive power. And he like the strikeouts were high and they're starting to come back down. And it's like, we really might like want to consider playing this guy on every, every slate he faces a righty at this point. So it's still all very small sample sizes, but the dude is crushing the baseball um, and Crawford's hittable. So I have a ton of interest in Nolan Jones as a one-off. I don't think this is a spot I would play a lot of Nolan Jones, but I definitely have interest in Nolan Jones as a one-off in this spot. But he's really it. I, I, again, I'm with you. Blackman now on the IL. Um, I mean, McMahon, he's just so expensive, and he's he's honestly having such a down year. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's 
always concerning. Way better against righties than he is against lefties, but um, still striking out at such a huge clip. But yeah, Nolan Jones is my my favorite play today from Colorado. Boston side of this one, uh, you know, again, Chase Anderson has kind of just owned this. I'm going to throw junk. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Boston bats? Yeah, I played a, a ton of them on Monday night and was very disappointed they were shut down by Connor Siebold. Very similar matchup here, a low strikeout righty. Like They should be able to have some success here, but Anderson's been doing it for quite a while now, over a month at least. Um, he's been doing it in Coors, so it's not like – the tough hitters park is, is, has been a problem for him either. I'm still going to stack up Boston. I I'm not fully buying into what Chase Anderson is doing. Boston's a solid offense. Um, Yoshida sitting on Monday night kind of hurt that stack a little bit for me, at least getting him back in there would be a nice boost here. Duran is still cheap. If he leads off again, that that's incredible. Devers is going to be one of the top options on the slate. Um, you've got Verdugo at a decent price. Duvall's been smashing since he since he came off the uh, IL. I'm going right back to Boston. I I know Chase Anderson has been has gotten good results, but I'm not quite fully buying in. I think they can get it done here. Yeah, still just his swinging strike rate is just so low. Still, like he's generating very good amount of like ground balls, and you know his BABIP is really low, um, which is never a good sign, but. He's a guy throughout his career. I was looking at his numbers last start, and he's a guy throughout his career has had a at a lower Babbitt because of his pitch mix. But um, he's really, I mean, like generating a low amount of barrels, and I just, I think I'm stacking or fading the Red Sox. I, I don't think I'm playing them as one offs. Um, Adam Duvall was extremely cheap on Fanduel on um, Monday. I, I don't have Fanduel pulled up in front of me, but that would be a spot I would really like. And then, like you said, Yoshida being back in the lineup, I think, helps a lot. So I think it's a stack or fade spot for me uh, for the Red Sox today. I don't think I'm going to play one-offs because, like, I think they're going to be popular. Um, Chase Anderson is a guy we've picked on for years, so I think they're going to be popular. All right, we got Yankees and Mets. Subway Series, eight total in this game. The Mets are 150 favorite. Severino and Scherzer facing off against each other. Uh, Any interest here in Luis Severino? The price is really tempting. Um, he does get a ballpark upgrade going into City Field away from Yankee Stadium. The Mets just they don't strike out a ton, and Severino strikeouts have completely fallen off this year. He's down around 20% for the season, um, 20.2%. I think it's baked into the price enough that I will take some shots. Um, I could see him having six fairly clean innings here. I'm worried about the strikeouts and the upside. Uh, but because we get a, a pretty significant discount, like when Severino's right and he's back to the above average strikeout pitcher, he has been, we've paid 9K for him before, no problem. So 7,100 is a, a pretty decent discount. I am worried about the strikeout upside, though. I Okay, so I don't really have a, a strong take either way on Severino. I will say this, right? I will say that I want to see who the umpire is because he's had like these weird like command issues um right now like he he's walking a lot of people he's giving up pitches over the middle of the plate and giving up home runs um yeah i mean low strikeout team that's patient i think this is a really tough spot uh if you're struggling with command so i don't right now at this moment i don't have interest in severino but if he gets like an extreme pitcher's umpire um it would i would definitely be a little bit more interested the price 
is so intriguing. Uh, Max Scherzer, 9,800. Max Scherzer's strikeouts are back. Um, that's always a, a good thing to see Max Scherzer's strikeouts back a little bit here. Um, he's not had the best road. I will say, I watched some of the start against Atlanta last time out. He had a 588 BABIP in that game. Got a little unlucky. Um, he had a 1.14 XFIP in that game and just got a little unlucky in that game. So I think Scherzer might be someone that people are still timid to play. And I think that this is a spot we could definitely take some shots on Max Scherzer in City Field, an Aaron Judgeless Yankees yeah. team, plenty of strikeouts. Tell me I'm wrong, Keith. No, you're not wrong. Um, I, I love Scherzer in this spot. No judge is a big deal, like you mentioned. I know he takes some strikeouts out of the lineup, but he also removes a ton of power risk as well. Scherzer has been back on track. He's looking a lot more like the Max of old. He's been over 100 pitches in three straight. The strikeouts are back at least eight in his last three. With this watered-down Yankees lineup, I think this is a really great spot. They're, they also get the, the ballpark downgrade going into city field so great pitchers park watered down yankees lineup more strikeouts recently from max and and the that like league best leash has has reappeared as well so i'm very interested in max scherzer in the spot yeah yankees have been struggling a little bit here um you know looking at the last i mean gosh man they have not had like a big game here in a while it feels like so might be like just one of those excellent spots to take shots um end of may they had a couple 10 run games in a row and haven't really done anything since then so i i, I think scherzer's in a great spot and honestly i don't really have a ton of interest in the yankees or mets bats in this game yeah i i don't really either tough park um one thing when we were talking about severino didn't mention pete alonzo on the il is obviously a huge deal for the mets as well takes me off the stack pretty much um Severino is still a capable pitcher, even though he's not quite getting the strikeouts. Um, I'm, I'm not using offenses here. Miami done in five gentlemen sweep. Let's go, baby. <laughs> My only bet of the NBA finals um, was that indeed five, but Hey, cool nice to call. see Miami. Cool to see Miami. Um, cool to yeah, see Miami get there. What a run from from them! Um, disappointing se- regular season, and then to come out and and make it all the way to the NBA Finals. Good good season for them, turns out. And congrats to Jokic and Denver. Like well deserved. Jokic has been one of the the best in the game for a long time. Murray came back from a devastating injury, so easy easy team to root for. Denver is. Yeah, really cool um, to see them win. Milwaukee at Minnesota, seven and a half total in this game. Pick them game. Lopez and Burns facing off against each other. Really to- low total here. Um, let's talk Corbin Burns first, 9,900. I said this last start. Has he figured out this whole pitch clock issue and he's finally starting to hit a groove and we're starting to see Corbin Burns back? Um, what are your thoughts on Burns here? Yeah, this is very similar to what we just said about Max Scherzer, a, an elite pitcher who had struggled to begin the season, who has been much better in, in recent times. And I absolutely love this matchup for him. Uh, Minnesota has struck out at 27%. It's the highest rate in baseball against right-handed pitching. They're without three of their best hitters, uh, Buxton on the IL, Polanco just got put on the IL, and, and Gallo on the IL. So very watered-down Minnesota lineup. 
just like what we're seeing out of Burns here in recent starts. Um, he's been at at least seven strikeouts in each of his last three. He's been right back around that 100-pitch mark. Um, so I'm, I'm buying that he has kind of turned his season around. He's back to being elite, and this is an absolutely elite matchup. Yeah, I love the matchup as well. Minnesota's a team that they're striking out at such a huge clip against right-handed pitching this season. 27% highest strikeout rate in baseball against righties this year. I think this is a great spot for Burns. Um, I have no issues going Burns Scherzer here and trying to get all the strikeouts. We'll talk about a few other guys that we like a lot, but um, I think this is a a great spot for Burns. Uh, Lopez on the other side of this game. Honestly, I don't mind playing pitchers against Milwaukee. Lopez 8,800 is upside seems a little capped recently. That's I think the only downside to the price on a on a big slate like this yeah he's kind of gone the opposite direction he came out of the gates on fire and like strikeout rate was above 30 percent to start the season that's really come way down here recently um i'm not afraid of milwaukee but pablo just he doesn't look the same as what he started off the season as um he's still at least an above average strikeout pitcher so there there is some upside here 8800 is a fair price um, and I don't mind picking on Milwaukee. So definitely in play. Um, have to see what the ownership looks like to kind of gauge how much I'm going to play him, but he'll he'll be in the pool for sure. Um, I mean, I don't really have anything else to mention here as far as this game. I don't really have any interest in the bats in this game. Um, Correa at, at 4,100 or Willie Adamas. I don't mind playing either of these two shortstops on most slates. Um, this is just a, a matchup where I really – I can't get excited about playing any bat in this game. Yeah, I think these are two very good pitchers, and we have 14 games to choose from, um, 28 offenses. So I, I don't see myself with either Milwaukee or Minnesota here. All right. Um, we're moving on. Listen, this is a 14-game slate. We can be somewhat picky here um, as far as bats are concerned. Pitching, too. San Francisco at St. Louis. We have an 8.5 total in this game. Pick them game. Um, Cobb against Flaherty. Any interest here in Alex Cobb going up against St. Louis? Not the best matchup. Um, 8,500 is, I think, about where he should be priced for this matchup. He's another guy that's been a little bit better here recently. Strikeouts have ticked up. Um, strikeout rate on the on the season is sitting around 22%. But I believe that he has better stuff than that. His stuff took a jump forward a couple years ago. He's more of like a 24 to 25% strikeout pitcher, I think. And he, that's what he's been over his last couple of starts. Um, again, like there's tons of options. He's not somebody I'm necessarily seeking out. But he, he's very, very playable at the price. I don't love pick, picking on St. Louis, but if I'm going to do it, I would I would much rather do it with a righty. I I mean, I'm going to I feel like I'm going to sound like a broken record at this point, but I feel like this team at this point is hit or miss. Um I think any pitcher potentially playable against them right now because of just the struggles, um they're going to have good games and they're going to beat pitchers He's a guy that is is a guy that can go out and get, generate a lot of strikeouts, especially against righties. They're likely going to have five to six righties in this lineup, so I don't hate it. Not my favorite play, but I don't hate it. Uh, Flaherty on the other side of this game, 
he's another guy that like started the season terrible and has pitched a little bit better here recently. Um, any interest in Flaherty going up against San Francisco? It's the walks for me that are still a problem. And like, he, just, he starts to figure it out and then he goes, goes out and he walks five against Texas again. Um, I'm not necessarily scared of San Francisco. The problem is I think they can get pretty left-handed on him, which is, which I don't love. Um, I would definitely rather have Flaherty against a team full of righties. I like he has upside for his eight thousand dollar price tag. I just I'm not sure I need it on this slate. The walks concern me. Um, San Francisco rolling out a, a bunch of lefties would probably take me off of them. Yeah, you mentioned um, something that I definitely wanted to talk about. You know, swinging strikes go down against lefties. Strikeout rate goes down against lefties. Um, power numbers pretty much the same. He kind of gives up the same amount of power to both sides of the plate. Um, but Woba goes way up against lefties. So he's another guy that I definitely want in like right-handed heavy matchups. So unless they, for some odd reason, roll out a right-handed heavy lineup today, uh, which would be very, very interesting. Um, I don't think this is a spot I want to take shots on him. Bats, uh, any interest here in the Giants' bats? I think they're they're in play. Like, Flaherty is a good pitcher when when he's on. Um, he's been off enough that this season that I don't mind stacking against him. He can completely lose his control at times. Um, could, could see a lot of traffic on the bases. Jock Peterson is still underpriced. He spent a lot of time on the IL. Has come back and hit a couple of home runs. So, Jock at 4,400 I really like. Uh, Conforto is fine at 4,500. Lamont Wade's price got jacked way up. 4,700 feels like a little steep for Wade. Um, I'd rather play the guys in like the low 4Ks. Conforto, Peterson, Yastrzemski. If Sable's in there, I don't mind him. But def- definitely looking for lefties here. And I don't mind st- filling it out with a couple of righties to full stack just because of the control issues. The problem is like some of the bats that we have been playing here, like Wade is now up to like 4,700. Makes him a lot harder to play. I like the Jock Peterson call. Always a guy that has big power home run upside. Uh, Sable at 3,600. He's kind of in that like weird range for me at catcher where do I go down? Do I go up? Um, He has home run upside, so I don't hate it. But I think the lefties, like you mentioned, would be what I'd be targeting the most here for the Giants. Uh, Cardinals against Cobb. Any interest here in the Cardinals? Not really. Um, Cobb is, a, a, I think, a, a pretty good pitcher. Um, Cardinals are priced up quite a bit. Um, of course, you can always play Goldschmidt, Arenado. Gorman's had a great season. Just not not really a, a guy that I like to stack against Alex Cobb. He's got good control. He puts the ball on the ground a lot. Um, very good at getting those double plays to get him out of jams. So probably not a stack for me. Um, I think Gorman is my favorite if I was just picking out one bat um donovan is is fine cheap the young and and walker are both cheap as well so it, it is possible to, to build the full stack i just i'm not sure of their upside here against Cobb. Uh, just a strong ground ball pitcher and control pitcher all right we got la taking on texas la on texas um no total in this game we don't know who's pitching for the rangers yet which is always um so much fun here the night before We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was supposed to be John Gray, but he's dealing yeah. with a blister. Um, and it could be Cody Bradford for what I was reading. But, I mean, they, for some odd reason, they're like, oh, we're not going to tell you. Um, you're <laughs> You want that much advantage? Like, anyway. Um, so we'll have to kind of see who it is tomorrow. Uh, but there was a report that said like Cody Bradford was around and um, around the stadium and could pitch in this game. So uh, let's talk Jaime Barria first. Um, any interest in him in this spot against Texas? Texas has just been so good. Um, like Barria has had a really nice season. Um, he's not quite fully stretched out. Um, just recently moved into the rotation, but he's still been solid even after moving into the rotation. I am concerned about strikeout upside with him, and I'm concerned about a matchup against Texas. They they are a legitimate offense. Um, they have not slowed down now that they're, they're back to full strength with Garver and, and Seager both back in there. I don't think this is a spot I'm going to try to use Berea. I'm, I don't want to pick on Texas. Yeah, I, I mean, I've played him a few times already this year. Um, but I do not want to play him in this spot. So I am with you on this one. No interest for me in him here. I think that Texas is one of the best teams in baseball. Um, I'm going to keep pounding that drum. So let's, uh, let's go to the other side here. And if it is Bradford, he's not currently in the player pool. He is a lefty. Um, we saw him for two starts earlier this year, 10 innings, eight strikeouts, uh, 1.5 whip, struggled a little bit with home runs, big fly ball guy, even in the minors this season, average, a slightly above average swinging strike stuff. Um, really a two pitch guy. He really needs to develop a, a third pitch. Um, not a big prospect by any means like that. I don't think anyway, um, I could be wrong, but. What are your thoughts on the Angels bats? And it kind of gives your thoughts on Cody Bradford if they do add him to the player pool and he is the starter. Yeah, I have no interest in Cody Bradford. Even if the, I mean, I don't think they would add him at 4K at this point, knowing he's a, a starting pitcher. Um, even if they did add him at 4K, match up against the Angels. I don't think I'm I'm interested even at 4K. I think it's more likely he, if they do add him, it's around 6K. And then I'm definitely out. I have a lot of interest in Angels bats. They just they set up so well against lefties. 
Um, so this is a, a really good spot for them. Bradford's not a huge prospect, like you mentioned. I don't even think he was on their top third Rangers top thirty um, coming 26. into the season. Twenty six okay. of their. I was team. looking on. Yeah. On Fangraphs, didn't have him. So other other outlets could have had him on there. Um, but yeah, I'm Angels bats are the spot for me in this game. Um, I'm fine playing Otani lefty lefty trout. Like both of them are over six K might be better to pick one on, on a 14 game slate, but then their role players are just so much better against lefties Drury. I love playing against lefties 4,300 Renfro. I love playing against lefties 3,700 Rendon is back in. He's rounding back into form. Looks a lot healthier. 3,200. Neto at 2,800. Uh, Wallach, if he's in there, has been really good against lefties, and he likely does. Thais hits left-handed, so Wallach is probably getting a start here against the lefties. Like, they're really cheap outside of Trout and Otani. Um, Angels might be my top stack on, on the slate, and I, w- I didn't even know Bradford was starting until till just now, but I love this spot if, if he does get the start. Yeah, Ward is cheap. He should hit leadoff. Um, he's coming off of a good game on Monday night. Really patient hitter, which I think would be a good spot for him here against the lefty. So, yeah, I mean, Trout, Rendon, Ward, Dury. I love the wallet call. Um, I think he does catch and start in this game against the lefty. They have been kind of platooning these two guys. Um, so, you know, until, until Max Stassi gets back, but it sounds like he is going to be out for a while um, with the hip injury. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like the the call there, 2,800. And then, like you said, if you if you want to play Trout or Otani, um, I think I prefer Trout in this matchup, but Otani is going to be lower owned. Uh, so I wouldn't talk you off of playing either one of them today. Uh, Texas Bats against Jaime Barria. Barria. Um, any interest here in the Texas bats? They're expensive and Berea, like we've, we've talked about has been pretty good this year. I don't know. Um, I think you just have to have interest in Texas every single day un- until they prove that they're not going to be this elite offense. Um, top three offense in baseball so far this year. So, uh, Nate Lowe is cheap at 4k, obviously spending up for C- Simeon Seager Garcia is completely fine. Um, Jung's price is now up there at 4,600. Like it's an expensive stack. Um, they do have a couple of punts to help you make it work. Duran homered on Monday night. If he's back in there, um, pretty good young hitter Tavares at 3,100. There are a couple of value pieces to help you get up to the Simeons and the Seegers and Garcias. Um, so I, I think I'll have at least one stack of them, probably not the best spot for them. Uh, so I'll have limited exposure. I'll just call it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think that Texas is a stack or fade team for me because of the pricing. Um, they're a great team. I think this is a great spot for them. They're a great team. I found a couple books actually have a, a total up at nine and a half, and Texas is actually a favorite in this game. Um, if you want to know like how respected this offense is, I think that says a lot. Um, for who is potentially pitching in this game. So um, Berea has been, done a great job this year at limiting power. Uh, some of the advanced metrics are saying that he's getting a little lucky. So I think this is a spot. It's a stacker fade spot for me on Texas. And it, a lot of it has to do with the pricing too. Pricing is always concerning. So, all right. 
Up next, we got Pittsburgh at Chicago taking on the Cubs. We'll have to see what Roth has to say on this one. Um, I, I checked like two or three different sites the night before for wind and stuff. This game, it looks like it's just going to be blowing across the field. Um, so just saying, we'll have to kind of see. But eight and a half total, Cubs a 140 favorite. We got Ortiz against Tyon. Any interest here in Luis Ortiz? I don't. The Cubs have not been good here recently, um, but neither is Ortiz, really. Pretty good prospect. The stuff graded out really well in the minors, but he has it is not quite translated to the bigs yet. Um, he's just not getting any strikeouts yet. He's uh, 12.5% on the season, and he's walking way too many at 11.7%. So a young pitcher just trying to figure it out. Don't think I need to target him on a 14-game on slate. Yep, no interest for me in this spot. And then Jamison Tyon. I've done crazier things. Keith, I can't get over the price tag. And I feel like I've said this so many times here um, for, for Tyon when he's been on the hill. The walks are concerning. The command is concerning. Um, the strikeouts seem to be getting a little bit better. I still want to see that swinging strike rate up um, to like Pittsburgh numbers where he was sitting around 11 and a half percent. I don't know here, man. Um, 104 pitches last time out is super appealing. Yep. Yeah. Super appealing. Um, when he was like throwing 65 to 75 pitches an outing, I was like, all right, the price is kind of justified. 104 pitches last time out. Um, I think that is like, that, that triggered in my head, like, that's all I needed to see to have interest in Tyon. And this is this is large field tournament stuff. This isn't, hey, I'm playing single entry. I'm going to run Jamison Tyon out there. Um, large field tournament stuff. Pittsburgh, not an offense that, like, they're kind of middle of the road. Slightly below average. Talk to me here. What do we think about Jamison Tyon at this price point? Yeah, the only reason we're discussing that is this is because he's $5,700. He has been awful this year. He's dealt with injuries. The leash has been really short, um, but that, that 104 pitches last time out was something I wanted to mention too. If I know he's good for 90 to 100 pitches, he is very playable at 5,700 despite his struggles this season. Um, he He's better than the pitcher he has shown so far this season. Like Mechanics were off to begin the year. Then he was dealing with an injury. He missed some time on the IL. Then he had to get stretched back out again. He's a better pitcher than 5,700. It's a good matchup against Pittsburgh. If he's got a little weather working in his favor too, like if that wind's blowing slightly in across the field, that's a big boost for him. Um, so, yeah, I, just the price tag, he's, he's very playable here. He's stackable too um, yep. against him because Definitely. of how bad he has been pitching this year. So I guess this is one of those scenarios where if you're playing like a 20 entry max or like 150 entry max and you're getting some exposure to Tyon, you're getting exposure to Pittsburgh on opposite teams too. Um, or, you know, not the same type of teams, obviously. Uh, but one of those scenarios where I think like Pittsburgh is super stackable because of how Tyon has been pitching. And I think Tyon at this price is super playable. Um, what are your thoughts on the Pittsburgh bats? Yeah, I, I like the Pittsburgh bats more than I like Tyon. Um, Reynolds is one of my favorite hitters on the slate. And, of course, this is weather-depending, too. Just want to throw that out there. Um, but Sawinski is a big left-handed power bat, 3,700. Love that. 
Um, Tyon is a guy you can steal on as well. Um, so Marcano at 2,700, really like him. Uh, Cabrian Hayes has stolen base ability at 4,100. Um, I, I think you can full stack him here. Like Tyon has been an elite uh, control pitcher in his career, but not this season. Um, so like not a, like, and, and ground balls haven't been as good as they've been in the past either. So with his struggles, Pittsburgh has some nice lefties in there. They have some speed guys as well. Um, G1 Bay, another um, speed guy that you can certainly use. He's cheap. Phil's second base. Um, I, I actually like the Pittsburgh set quite a bit. Yeah, um, Marcano still too cheap. Um, his upside is still there. Like this is a guy that can run. This guy has a little bit of power. He's still too cheap. Um, Cubs bats. What are your thoughts here on the Cubs bats? They're still expensive. Is the problem? I'm like Luis Ortiz and his control issues are very attackable. Very, I want to stack against that. Um, but I just I don't love the pricing on the Cubs. If the wind's blowing in a little bit, it gets even tougher. Um, Hap's price at thirty nine hundred is kind of jumping out, but his power has disappeared a little bit this season. Um, Talkman has been leading off here recently. He's twenty seven hundred. I like that play. Uh, Mervis is still really cheap. There's power in there. Eventually, it's coming out. Um, Amaya is a punt catcher you can use if he cracks the lineup. So I, there are way there there are plenty of punts in this Cubs lineup to get you up to Swanson and Horner. I just and Morel. Like I just don't love those guys being forty five hundred to five k. Um, if they were priced in the low four k's, I would love the Cubs stack. Uh, but I, I think you can do enough cheap stuff where where I'll have a, at least a Cubs one Cubs stack. Yeah, I don't hate the idea of looking at the Cubs. Um, Ortiz is hittable. He's a guy that I don't mind picking on at all. Problem with the Cubs is, I mean, they're just the lineup is typically very interesting. You never know what you're going to get out of a Cubs lineup, and a lot of a lot of the guys you want to play are towards the bottom half of the lineup, and they're at home here. So that's my only concern. Um, I will say that a guy like Mervis is really interesting today because I think Jose Abreu is going to be like the chalky type of first baseman play. Um, can't wait to talk about that. But I kind of agree with it, which is so weird after <laughs> what we've seen from Jose Abreu this year. But yeah, I, I think Mervis is a really interesting like tournament pivot off of him um, on this slate. Cincinnati at Kansas City, nine and a half total in this game. The Royals a slight favorite. We got Lyles and Williamson facing off against each other. Uh, any interest here in Williamson? No, um, the Royals have not been a good offense, but they have been better against uh, left-handed pitching. Williamson has been, I think he's been, like his numbers are better in the majors than they were in AAA, which is just wild to say. Um, I still don't think he's very good. Got blown up last time out. Uh, very tough matchup against the Dodgers. Kansas City's hit left-handed pitching well enough this season that I'm I'm not taking any chances on Williamson. Yeah, no interest for me in Williamson. He's really struggled against righties. This team um, can go pretty right-handed heavy. So, yeah, no interest for me in Williamson. And definitely no interest for me in Jordan Miles. Yeah, no chance. Love Cincinnati. You don't like your two strikeouts? <laughs> no. Or the three home runs. <laughs> two strikeouts? All right, let's talk Cincinnati bats. Uh, we, we make jokes, but we make jokes for a reason. This guy has a 269 ISO, 350 WOBA um 47 percent hard hit rate on the season low strikeouts um very very hittable guy 
lineup's not great right now. The Reds lineup is not great talent-wise, maybe better than um, it looks like on paper. De La Cruz, McLean, Steer, Freddle um, would be my like guys I'd build around in this lineup. And then just kind of looking at the cheaper guys, Benson, Fairchild, um, towards the bottom half of the lineup for some value. Yep, that's exactly how I feel. Um, De La Cruz is one of my favorite hitters on the slate. The price is now catching up to this guy's talent level, um, but just an awesome power and speed combination. Stole another base Monday night. Um, so he's been like homering or extra base hit or, or a stolen base in like every single game he's played. 4700 is still a little bit too cheap, especially considering this matchup against Lyles, who has a, has a big power problem. Um, I like the full stack, too, just because of that. Um, love the Friedel call. 3900 if he grabs that leadoff spot again which he, he likely does. Um, one I love pairing him with De La Cruz for a mini stack, or I can full stack this thing as well. Um, like the punts that you mentioned to make to help make it work, Benson and Fairchild. Um, McLean has been incredible. Steer has been solid. Um, so, yeah, Cincinnati is one of my, my top offenses on the slate, honestly. Yeah, I like the spot. And then I even like Kansas City on the other side of this game. I think that – they're really interesting in this spot. This is a t- like both of these teams are like this is a game that seems very stackable. Um, Wit Garcia is really interesting. The lefty lefty matchup with like a guy like Nick Prado. Um, if he's in there, he's had a big power, low strike or big strikeouts against left handed pitching this season. So it'd be interesting to see if he cracks the lineup. But yeah, I mean, I really gonna be targeting the right handed bats here. We're a little bit about pinch hit risks, but Edward um, Oliveris. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, twenty six hundred. <laughs> dude, I'm I, eyes hurt. But Oliveris at twenty six hundred is a value play here. He's been really solid against left handed pitching this season. He's been hitting the ball really solid here recently. Should hit fifth or sixth in this lineup, which is nice. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Royals? Yeah, I'm I'm stacking them up also. Witt and Perez are, are two of the top options on the slate. Witt's been much better against lefties this year. Um, he's come around to just overall recently. He went he was going through quite a slump there for a while. Um, but he's been better of late, been better against lefties all season long. So love Bobby Witt. Um Perez is, as a power hitting catcher is always in play. If Parado's in there lefty lefty, I'm I'm interested. Kind of same goes with Melendez. Love the Oliveras call as a cheap guy. Um, sometimes in these situations, they'll DH Perez and Firmino start behind the plate. He's 2,800. If you're looking for a cheap catcher, he's in play. Um, and then Garcia, the only other name I want to throw out there, um, fills a shortstop position. 2,400 has been, been okay against lefties. All right. We got Washington at Houston eight total. Astros a huge favor here, 270 favorite. Brown against Corbin. Uh, Patrick Corbin, 6,400 going up against Houston. I'm guessing you don't have any interest in Corbin today. No, none. Right there with you, buddy. Right there with you. Let's talk Hunter Brown. He's 10-5, coming off a tough matchup against Toronto. He's had some really stellar starts against bad offenses this year. Um, Not saying Washington's any good. What are your thoughts here on Hunter Brown at 10-5? It's going to be ownership dependent for me. Um, obviously, we're not scared of Washington, but we talk about it a lot. They're just a, a heavy contact team. They don't strike out a lot. We've got Scherzer and Burns in good spots on this slate. There's a couple more guys still that we're going to want to play. 
Um, but if Hunter Brown is coming in under 10% owned, I think you want some exposure. He's a, he's a guy with big time stuff. He can overcome low strikeout matchups and, and still get up into that eight, nine, 10 K range. Um, even though the matchup isn't ideal, um, like their contact ability, if, if the Babbitt is working in his favor, can help him work deeper into the game. Um, like he's not a pitcher that, that generally works extremely deep. Um, but they're they're aggressive. They don't walk a ton. That that'll help him out a little bit. Um, and like I said, the stuff is is elite, and he can strike anybody out. So it's ownership dependent. If if he's low owned, I, I'll get over the field. Um, but just in a vacuum, I I prefer Burns and Scherzer to him. Yeah, um, he's he has big strikeout stuff. He's capable of striking out teams like Washington. So I don't mind the upside of the matchup they're just not a high powered offense. So I don't mind taking shots on him here. I don't have any interest in the Washington bats. No, me either. Let's talk. Um, let's talk Houston, man. Um, Corbin, very hittable. There's plenty of righties in this lineup. I already kind of said that. I think Jose Abreu at 2,900 is going to be somewhat chalky here. Uh, he's been hitting better here recently. He has a couple home runs. Finally, um, starting to get it going a little bit he's just he's too cheap um too cheap for what we've seen throughout his career against left-handed pitching anyway bregman altuve mccormick is 3k like houston presents a lot of value on a slate where there's some good pitching to pay up for i think they're going to be popular but i mean stacking against patrick corbin is always something i like to do as well yeah i'm i'm always on board for stacking with corbin um and i agree like with alvarez on the the IL, um, if you skip over Tucker, this team is really cheap to stack up. Uh, Dubon, if he's in there, Altuve is only 4,600. I know he struggled a little bit, um, but that's too cheap for Altuve against a lefty. Pena's 4,500. If Dubon's in there, he's 3,500. McCormick, 3K. Like, Jolks is probably in the lineup here, 2,800. Um, if Diaz is in there catching, he's only 2,800. Um, would certainly prefer that to to Maldonado. A lot more upside with Diaz. This Houston team is cheap. The matchup is great. I, I agree with you. They're they're one of the top stacks on the day. All right. Um, moving on, we got Tampa Bay at Oakland. Saw some people in chat a little tilted about Oakland spoiling Zach Eflin. Um, I mean, they're really not as bad as they have been. I'll continue to say this. No total in this game. Uh, Trino's starting, it sounds like. We'll see how long he pitches into this game. Hogan Harris pitching for Oakland. Um, I assume Tampa is going to be a huge favorite in this game, um, even with Trino's pitching. Do you have any interest in um, Trino's? I don't. Um, the leash is the concern. Um, he did make a start uh, in the big leagues last week and went 65 pitches. Um, so like 75 to 80 pitches is probably the range, maybe 85 on a good day, but I think that's asking a little too much. Um, I think 75 to 80 is the range I would have him in. Um, the, like the matchup is obviously good. Oakland strikes out a lot, but I don't know. He is 6,100. So I, I suppose he's in play. He's kind of similar. Like it's, it's him or tie on in this range. Um, Torino's has has a solid matchup, so I, I suppose I could be talked into some of him. I, I'm just a little worried about the upside. With Tyon getting to 100 pitches last time out, I think I lean that direction. Um, but you could argue Shirino, Shirino's has as much upside as Tyon because of the matchup. 
Yeah, honestly, there's so much value at hitters on this slate. Like, I don't know if you necessarily need to play any of these pitchers um, in general. So, um, Hogan Harris, I don't have any interest in him. Um, I don't expect him to go deep into this game, four or five innings at most, 85 pitches. We've seen him out of the bullpen a lot this year. I think he's only had one start and you know, his numbers are bad, 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 bad. Um, very, very, very hittable guy. He has some strikeout stuff, but it's bullpen strikeout stuff, man. Optical illusion here. Uh, 7.5% swinging strikes with 14% um, walks and 18.8% strikeouts. Like, do not play Hogan Harris today. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in uh, against Tampa. I will say he's been working behind an opener, which is why he doesn't have as many starts. His last three outings have essentially been starts. Um, but it's like he just comes in in the second inning behind an opener. But yeah, still no interest against this really good Tampa offense. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah. Opener or not. Keith, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. matter to me. Um, no, definitely not. I don't know if that sneeze made it. I almost muted it. I think I muted it. It was close. You got it muted. Uh, Profes- professional podcast host over here. I got very lucky that the mouse like landed right on the mic button where I could mute it really fast because it happened really fast. It made my eye twitch. Um, it happened so fast. But all right, let's talk bats. Um, Yandy Diaz should hit leadoff here. He's a guy that has been fantastic this season. Um, we should get a couple cheap bats here from Tampa today. Um, a guy like Margot should be in the lineup at twenty five hundred. Mejia at catcher at 2300 is someone that I mean he took the day off or had the day off on Monday so he should be back in the lineup so a couple cheap bats to play with you know a few studs I will say Tampa is a team that has no problem pinch hitting um so that is the risk here when you're looking at the Tampa bats yeah it, it is a risk I love the matchup they're the when their lineup came out, it was like right at lock too, like four minutes before lock. I think their lineup dropped on Monday night uh, and no Wander Franco and no um, Francisco Mejia, who were one of my favorite spend ups and one of my favorite punts on the entire slate. So had to do a lot of shuffling around right at lock. Hopefully that we don't have those issues today and they have the full strength lineup in there um, because I'm very interested in playing them here against Harris. Um, Love Wander, love Rosarena, love Diaz has been just incredible this season. Um, Taylor Walls has been 
surprisingly good. He's showing a lot more power this season. Um, Paredes is a guy I always love to play against lefties. Jose Siri has speed upside. Like this, this team is he just has so home good. run There's... upside. This guy keeps hitting home runs. <laughs> yes, he does. He does do that also. You know, um, twelve so power home runs on the upside. season now. Yeah, like it's yeah. so like. Oh man, Tampa is so good at what they do. They're so, and they're so deep. They have like twelve guys who would start on any major league team, pretty much. Um, but that that does add to the pinch hit risk, like you said too, um, because one, as soon as the lefty comes out, you're going to get like Josh Lowe off the bench, um, Luke Rayleigh off the bench. Like it's it's what they do. Um, but the upside is still here, even even though that, that that's baked in a little bit. Um, love saving some money with guys like Paredes and Siri that that have a bunch of home run upside. Harold Ramirez as well. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're an awesome stack. The Oakland bullpen's terrible. You just have to deal with the pinch hit risk. Hope hope that you find five that stay in the lineup or hit two home runs before they leave. Yeah, really like Siri. Um, I, I love this spot for him. This guy's been absolutely crushing, and he crushes left-handed pitching. And fun fact, Keith. Hogan Harris, 51 plate appearances against righties this year. You want to take a guess at his hard hit rate? 55%. 70 point six percent. Oh man. Is that good? <laughs> Not when you're facing the Tampa Bay race. <laughs> Number one team in baseball and ISO WRC plus um everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> All right. Uh, Oakland bats, any interest here in Oakland going up against Chirinos? They're cheap. So I think you can, you can play a few Chirinos is a decent pitcher. I don't think he goes very deep into this game. Tampa's bullpen has not been very good this year either. Uncustomarily. Like they're typically among the top five bullpens in baseball. They have not been that this season. So the fact that Oakland is super cheap, I don't mind a three man. I'm worried about upside of a full stack. I won't, won't use them in that manner. Um, but if you want to throw like a, a Seth Brown and Noda and a Langoliers in there, um, Ruiz has massive stolen base upside. Rooker still has power upside. Um, both of the, those are the only two guys over 3K, 3,400 and 3,200. Everybody else below 3K. I think you could find three value pieces for a mini stack to uh, help pay up for some pitching in, a, in an elite main stack. Yeah, like Ruiz call a lot. Um, his stolen base upside is something that I think you could target anytime um on any slate so and then uh i mean again like trying to think of pivots off of jose abreu i don't mind ryan nada if you want to just punt if you're punting first base and you want to pivot off of jose abreu he's another guy that's in this range that i don't mind all right miami at seattle we got cabrera it sounds like against uh kirby no total in this game because like cabrera has been banged up um with like a blister um he left the last game with a blister after like 65 pitches he was pitching phenomenal against kansas city in that game but everything sounds like he's going to be good and ready to go um we'll have to kind of see but yeah i mean if he's good to go 9600 against a strikeout heavy seattle team any interest here i'm concerned um uh, like i like the matchup that seattle strikes out a ton and cabrera has Good strikeout stuff. Um, strikeout rate near 30%. He's over 29% on the season. Um, but blisters are, are a tough thing for pitchers to deal with. And I know I'm sure they're doing treatment every day to try to get that to heal up between starts. But they, they are things that resurface. We're paying full freight for him here at 9,600. 
Um, no discount. So I, I am concerned. I don't know that I need him when I've got Burns and Scherzer and, and Wheeler, um, Hunter Brown. Like there's some elite pitching options. If he's super low owned, I, I'll throw a couple of darts on him, but he, he's not going to be a, a guy I have a ton of exposure to. Yeah, I mean, I think he is a really interesting tournament play, but I would rather have George Kirby on the other side of this game. I mean, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Um, strikeouts have been a little down for Kirby, but he has the best control in baseball. I'm walk rate of two percent on the season. Doesn't have the longest leash, but when you're not walking anybody and and racking up your pitch count, you can still go deep into a game. Certainly not scared of this Miami offense. Um, good, pretty good strikeout matchup as well, which which helps. Like the the K's have come down from last year. I still think there's more ability, and we're going to see more K's from Kirby eventually this season. Um, but it, it's that elite walk rate, solid matchup against Miami. I'm I'm in on Kirby also. People are so like, is Bryce Miller was less than ten percent owned um, on Monday Night Slate? I pounded the drum on Expert Survey and Grinders Live about him being my favorite pitcher on the slate, and just came in at extremely low ownership. I'm hoping Kirby does the same thing because he's been hit or miss, but it's the same thing I I, I was talking about with Bryce Miller yesterday. Kirby's had some tough matchups, man. Um, Atlanta, New York, San Diego, like he pitched great against the Yankees. Don't get me wrong, but um, the matchups have been somewhat tough for him. This is a fantastic spot against Miami. George Kirby, one of my favorite pitchers on this slate today. Uh, Bats, anything for the Marlins? No, no interest in in Marlins Bats at all. Just uh, not a lot of talent. Kirby's got that elite control. Uh, really good Seattle bullpen behind him, so I'm I'm out on Marlins. Yeah, I don't really have an interest in Miami. Um, I honestly don't have a ton of interest in Seattle either. I think this is going to be a somewhat low-scoring game. Um, if Seattle had some cheaper pieces, maybe. Teoscar Hernandez is 3,300, but he has been ice cold. Um, he has been hitting a little bit better recently, but he's too cheap. Probably would be my favorite play from Seattle here. Yeah, like Cabrera has such good strikeout stuff. I don't, I don't love it. Uh, he does struggle with command. So if somebody was really wanting to stack him up, I wouldn't wouldn't talk him out of it. But I I have a, too much respect for Cabrera. I, I'm passing on Seattle. Smart man, smart man. All right, we are moving on. We got Cleveland at San Diego. Bibby against Musgrove. Any interest here in Tanner Bibby? Solid young pitcher. He's, he's had some success this season. Um, I just I don't love the matchup against San Diego, and I, I know they've had their struggles this year, but there's still just so much talent in the in this lineup. Eighty three hundred's fair. I just I don't like this spot for Bibby. Um, I'll probably pass. It, and one of the main reasons is is the guy on the other side. I'm going to call him BB. I like BB better. I do I'm too. But if, yeah. I mean, it's, it makes yeah, more sense, I think, but it's my, it's my, <laughs> my, my thing though. You can call him whatever you want. <laughs> I know <laughs> people still listen to me <laughs> for years. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe Musgrove. 
you know, you kind of just alluded to it. Cleveland has been a struggling offense. Um, bottom five in WCR, WRC plus. They're a low strikeout team. Musgrove strikeouts have kind of been all over the place this year. He's he's just cheap enough where you don't even necessarily need like a huge strikeout ceiling game from him. You just need him to go out and throw 95 quality pitches here. Yep, you nailed it. Um, the price tag is such that he doesn't have to go out and strike out nine to be useful. Give me six clean innings and seven strikeouts, and I'll, I'll take that for 7,800. I think he has a fantastic chance to do that against a really rough Cleveland offense. It's been tough scenes out there for Cleveland this season. Um, no interest for me in Cleveland bats. Ramirez would be the only guy. I think there's a ton of options today at third base. Um, he's had some big games here recently. I don't mind it in that aspect, but he's not the guy I'm going to probably be playing as a one-off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to have a ton of exposure to Musgrove more than likely. Um, Naylor is the only other guy like with some power hits from the left side, but yeah, definitely not sacking against Musgrove. Uh, any interest in the San Diego bats here? Not really. Um, just because Bybee's a decent pitcher, I'm just concerned about the upside. Um, like San Diego could certainly hit a couple of home runs here, but they're they're priced up as an elite offense, and I just don't think it's a great spot for them. Bybee's a, a talented pitcher. Um, if you want if you want to pay for an expensive home run, like Machado certainly in play. Tatis is always in play. I just I don't love the full stack because the guys I want to play are all right around 5K or above. Um, Gary Sanchez is 3,700. He's had a little success since coming over to San Diego. I think you could pick out a couple of one-off bats, but I, I don't love the stack. Yeah, I like Tatis um, Soto. They're just so expensive. Um, this would be like if I'm looking at one of these like cheap pitchers like Tyon, I would I would not have an issue getting like a three-man San Diego stack here. Like the dude's numbers are going to regress. Um, he he gives up way too many fly balls. His swinging strike rate is under 10%. The numbers are going to regress a little bit here for him um, as far as like home runs are concerned. So I think that you could definitely take some shots on San Diego. They're not my favorite stack by any means, but I do think like there's some regression coming to these numbers. Um, you got to generate more swinging strikes than that in the majors with the fly ball rate that he has. All right, Philadelphia at Arizona. This game has an eight and a half total. The Phillies a one thirty-eight favorite. Weaver Wheeler going up against Davies. Any interest here in Zach Wheeler? I think you can play Wheeler anytime he's on a slate. Um, he's one of the better pitchers in, in baseball. Arizona has been a sneaky good offense this season, though. They don't. They do not strike out. Um, they're well above average in WRC plus and Woba. I'm trying to pull that up on the fly here, but like we're paying full price here for, for Wheeler. We have Scherzer and Burns, both cheaper Hunter Brown also on the slate. Like I love Wheeler as a pitcher. I just, I don't think this is a spot I'm playing him. Um, Arizona has the lowest strikeout rate in baseball against righties, 19%, 334 Woba, 108 WRC plus. So, solidly above average against righties they don't strike out this is a tough spot for wheeler nothing like caprillion getting taken out and wall chuck coming in baby i love this open <laughs> bullpen they're so bad um 
I'm with you. I am a huge Zach Wheeler fan. Um, I've been talking about him since like Mets days. I thought he was going to be like this talent we talked about for years. And I mean, he's had some monster games here recently against Atlanta and Detroit. This is a tough matchup. Last time he faced them, he put up eight fantasy points. They're just a team that's pesky, man. Um, they're really good overall offense. They don't strike out a ton, like you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to pass on Wheeler today. Um, I think there's too much upside, too much upside in this price range with these other guys that I don't necessarily need Wheeler. And because of like games that Wheeler's capable of, he's going to get ownership here. Um, Talent-wise, he's one of the most talented pitchers on the slate. So, uh, Zach Davies, he put up 27 fantasy points last time out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, we're not playing Zach Davies, are we? No, I, I have no idea where those strikeouts what came from. What, just ha- what, did, <laughs> what was Washington doing that day? Does he throw? No he idea. doesn't throw hard enough. That's what it is. Um, he threw off the the vortex and doesn't throw hard enough. Must be. Um, this is a, a pitcher who stretched out fully. Um, ninety over ninety five pitches in each of his last two. He's sixty two hundred. If you buy what he did against Washington, have at it. Like, I don't think he's a terrible pivot off of of Tyon. I will say that. Um. I'm not doing it. I don't buy what he did last time out against Washington. Philly's a much tougher offense. Like I'm, I'm not playing Davies. What was Washington doing? <laughs> I am so confused right now on what Washington was doing in that game. Is that a career wow. high for him? It, it might be eight strikeouts. I'm going to look it up. I, I'm sure he probably has more than that. Career high strikeout game. Let's see. Um. All right, I'll look it up here in a second. I'm. I'm. I didn't. I didn't do it the right the first time. Um. I'm not playing Davies. Let's talk Philly bats. What are your thoughts here on Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested in stacking against Davies. Um, Harper and Schwarber, two awesome options. Uh, Davies has struggled with power. Many like throughout his entire career, Real Muto is coming off a monster game. Prefer him against lefties, but still, still in play if you want to pay up at catcher. Trey Turner's going to figure this thing out eventually. He's just he's too talented to continue to struggle. He's got power. He's got speed. I love Philly. They're expensive, um, but again, kind of like we've talked about, there's a couple pieces here to help make it work. Marsh at 3,700 is a guy I've played a bunch of in Philly stacks. Bohm has some upside at 3,400. Stodd at 4,100. Um, like Harper and Schorber are the first two pieces, I think. But you can mix and match some of those cheaper guys to to fit the full stack in. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid of Zach Davies um, at all. He has three nine-strikeout games in his career um, and six eight-strikeout games in his career. <laughs> Knew it had to be all, close. <laughs> all three nine strikeout games came in 2016. Nice. It's the most strikeouts he had in a game since 2021. For anybody that wants to do some trivia. Uh, Trey Turner starting to hit the ball a little bit better here recently. We'll see if it continues. Um, small sample size of like facing the Dodgers and maybe getting a little amp for that game, but yeah, I mean, we'll see if he can keep it going. Arizona side, I mean, I don't really want to play wheeler in this spot but i definitely don't think i'm going to stack against him 
No, I mean, we both said he's one of the better pitchers in baseball. It's just, it's a tough spot. Um, you called the Arizona pesky. I think that was a, a great word for it. Like, they're just going to work deep counts. They're going to make contact. It's just going to be hard for him to score fantasy points against them. But I don't think they're necessarily going to be scoring a ton of runs either. So prices are are up on them. Um, Wheeler's one of the best pitchers. I, I don't think I need to sack Arizona. Yeah, as a, as a guy that pitched for a long time, this is not an offense I would want to face, looking at advanced numbers. Um, Chicago White Sox, Elliott Dodgers, 8.5 total. Dodgers a 205 favorite here. Um, Lance Lynn and Tony Gonzalez facing off against each other. Lance Lynn has not pitched well, I think is the nicest way to put it. Um, I, I'm not playing Lance Lynn against the Dodgers. No chance. Um, he's just not right. It's I don't know if he's out of shape and it's the pitch clock. He's a big dude, obviously. We've talked about Alec Manoa's struggles with that. Like, I mean, that's what's floating out there right now. It's he's just not the same pitcher. I, he's unplayable at this point. Um, Gonzalez. I played him last time out against Cincinnati, and. He got absolutely crushed in the first inning, and then he was at like negative eight fantasy points. So if we combine the negative eight with the actual ten that he put up, he would have had like an eighteen fantasy point game. Um, man, that first inning, I was so tilted. <laughs> he, I think he, the price is just really weird on him today. I don't hate the matchup against the White Sox, but I feel like you're gonna find better like pay up options or pay down options today. Yeah, I. I agree with that. Um, it was nice to see 92 pitches in that, that start. Um, he's just not a guy that ever goes super deep into games. Um, like he, I don't think the Dodgers would even let him work past six innings. In fact, that start against Washington is a perfect example. He, they pulled him at 71 pitches after six innings. Um, so 92 pitches last time out, but I think it's like a hard six inning cap on this guy. Um, the strikeout, like the strikeouts, have not been there this season. He was really good last year. He's a better pitcher than what he's what he's shown so far, at least from like a, a strikeout perspective. Um, but I don't think we need to do it on the slate. Yeah, bats. Any interest in the White Sox bats? No, I think Gonsolin is is a pretty good pitcher, at least a, above average. Um, don't like the White Sox offense much. Probably out altogether. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Um, like, I, I still, for what it's worth, think that Jake Berger is a very underrated hitter. He was really good last year before he got hurt. He's been really good this year. Very, what is that, 13 home runs on the year? Like, he might finish the season as like a 30 home run guy that like no one talks about. So, I just don't know if this is necessarily the spot that I need to play him. As far as the Dodgers, um, late night hammer type of spot, they're just expensive. Um, Outman is okay at 3,700. I don't hate that. It will be interesting to see like if it's Peralta or Hayward in the lineup. I think both of these guys are really cheap. Um, cheap outfielders mixed in with the high expensive guys. But yeah, I think this is a great spot against Lance Lynn, Max Muncy. Uh, Freddie Freeman would be my two favorite spend ups here just because it's the lefties, but you, you could talk me into any of the Dodgers today. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I love the Dodgers. Um, 
Muncie would be my favorite just because of the savings and the power advantage over Freeman, but certainly Freeman's incredible as well. Wouldn't surprise me to see him hit one out on Lynn. Um, like paying up 6K for a catcher, I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, that's that's incredible. I know Rutschman has been close several times, but actually hitting the 6K mark for Will Smith is pretty incredible. Um, I prefer lefties in this spot, so I probably leave Smith on the shelf in my Dodgers stack. Um, Betts is, is great, and he has second base eligibility on DK, which is huge. Um, Freeman monthly love. J.D. Martinez has been incredible. The cheap outfielders are absolutely what makes this all work. Um, Outman, Peralta, Hayward, whichever. There's probably two of the three in the lineup. Um, they're, they're the guys that you're going to need to include. Uh, Vargas I don't hate as a second base option. Also, if you wanted to shift bets to the outfield, uh, he's only 3,400. But, yeah, I'm, I'm stacking up Dodgers. You, you just got to find a way to make it work. Um, I think it's, it's pretty easy to get Freeman and Muncie in there. It depends on whether you want to get that third premium piece. Um, and then punt with guys like Peralta or Hayward. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Long podcast today, big slate. Um, hopefully everyone enjoyed. I have a headache. I don't like massive headache about 20 minutes ago, and I'm I'm ready to take these headphones off. Uh, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Who do you got? Uh, Musgrove is the guy I'm going to go with. His strikeouts have not been great. This is not a great strikeout spot for him. Um, but I think he can he can last seven, maybe even eight innings in this spot. I think he can get to six Ks. All right, I'm going to go Jamison Tyon. He has a couple seven strikeout games this season. The pitch count being back up is all kind of what I was hoping for. Um, so I'll go with him. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Tanner Bybee. Just tough spot against San Diego. A um, little bit overpriced for the matchup. I'm going to go Chris Bassett. Um, I could see him having a good game and going over 15, but a guy that I just don't love today. Over 4K to go yard. Who do you got hitting a home run today? Max Muncy. Even when Lance Lynn was one of the best pitchers in baseball, he still struggled with lefty power. He has not been anywhere near even an average pitcher this season. Great spot for Max Muncy and all Dodgers lefties. I'm going to go Brandon Dury. Um, I think that this is a really good potential spot for the Angels today. Under, I almost said Jose Siri for what it's worth. I really like this guy today. Um, gosh, just absolutely mashing baseballs. Under 4K to get two hits. Who do you like? Uh, give me TJ Friedel, 3,900. Should, should lead off again um, with Fraley on the IL. Um, gets Jordan Lyles. That's a fantastic matchup for him. Said it way back when. I'm a huge fan of this Nolan Jones kid. I think he has big power. 3,800. I love this spot for him. Um, I mean, Jose Abreu is the chalk answer, but I'm going to go with Nolan Jones. Stack to score six or more runs. There should be a few of these today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they're going to be a little under the radar and that they shouldn't be for the, this matchup. Cincinnati. Like they're dealing with a couple of injuries. It's not not a like the names aren't going to pop off the page. Like we're talking about TJ Friedel and, and Ellie De La Cruz will probably pick up some ownership, but guys like McLean and Steer, I think they're going to be lower owned. Um, I like the Cincinnati stack quite a bit today. I like it. Um, I like the Angels. I think this is a great spot for the Angels today. Really like the Angels. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? 
Lots of options today. Big, big old slate. Um, should be a fun one. Like you said, you need, you need some big scores out there for sure. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday talking more baseball. Have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll see you all tomorrow.